Ladies, gentlemen, and everybody else, welcome back to the Midgar Minute. Before we beat your ears with some Chapter 13 breakdowns, we've got <laughs> some people we need to thank. And as a matter of fact, we've oh. got a new member of the Mosey Gang. You don't say. You don't say. Jillian, <laughs> welcome to the Mosey Gang. Alongside welcome, Jillian. Alongside Danny, Kyle, Scott, Kevin, and AJ, welcome to the Mosey Gang. Your support is always appreciated. Thanks for hitting us up on Instagram and deciding to donate to us monthly. If you'd like to donate to us monthly, uh, there's a link in the Spotify description as well in our social media profiles. Yeah, thank you again, Jillian and everyone else and the Mosey Gang. And the Mosey Gang. Couldn't be here without you, but without further ado. Chapter 13, man. This is a juicy one. The big one. We're going to have a big a, We're going to have a good time today, man. So, uh, so are we or is it going to be sad? I mean, it's sad. We're going to I was <laughs> I was pretty sad during this chapter. I mean, we're going to have fun talking about it. The characters oh, yeah, aren't sure. having a lot of fun at all. Oh, um, uh, yeah. But but the fun is for us and for everybody listening. Oh, uh, yes. So, the chapter starts and the plate came down. We yes, failed. We're in, we're in the aftermath of the big destruction of the plate. Yep. And you see, some things are going to be different this time around in Final Fantasy VII. But not mm -hmm. this. Not this. Yeah, no. It's uh, This This still happens, for sure. Now, I can confirm. I want, to, I want to harness my inner Chris and say that the music, especially at the start of this chapter... Ooh, yeah. ...is at, like, when you talk about fitting a scene... This fits the bill. Like, what a like beautiful, haunting piece that they play yeah. at the very beginning of this chapter that sets that haunting like death tone to start the mm -hmm. chapter. I thought I thought it was incredible. Um, and then you know we talked about and somebody brought this up. I'm sorry for forgetting on on social media, but that in one of our early episodes we were hoping that the voice actor for Barrett would have the range. To hit some mm. of the emotional scenes at this point in the story. And boy, oh boy. I think, no, I think that was something that you and I had discussed in one of the first episodes. If, I, I might be wrong. I think no, someone No, they else... were referencing that we discussed it. Oh, oh, right, yes. I Actually, that, that might have been Jilly, It might have been, it might have been. I think so. Correct us if we're wrong. Please do. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this, I mean, if, you know, if last chapter, I mean, we kind of said last chapter that... It was kind of like a big, you know, it was a big showcase for everyone to do like all their everyone's greatest hits. Right. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I mean, Barrett, you know, definitely showed a lot in that chapter. But this was like the this was his big moment. This is Barrett's chapter, man. Make no mistake. A thousand percent. And it's like that that scene of him uh, punching the rubble gets me every single time man dude dude it's it is like it has like it makes my heart quiver you know and like you have like that pit in your stomach kind of feeling you know and then there there's it, it kind of i feel like anytime barrett talks in this chapter it kind of brings up that same kind of that same feeling at least at least up until a certain point and then after like towards the end of the chapter he has some moments too that are just as good but yeah that you know him you know screaming out the members of avalanche their names and marlene's name and 
you know, just Dude, completely feel, like falling apart. You, you know, feel it, man. He was their leader, and he feels like he failed. Yeah, and it's like to him at that at that moment in time, he doesn't know if he just uh, he doesn't know if they're okay. He doesn't even know if Marlene's okay. Yeah. You know, and you know, just this this completely just you know, it's kind of nice like juxt- juxtaposition of like him having this moment amidst all this rubble, you know, and he, like he himself at that moment feels like a broken man kind of a thing. And you the know? voice actor, like th- there's a, like not every line is delivered perfectly, but the part that gets me right, the part that makes the lump in my throat drop is when he says, when he gives out one of those, God damn it. Mm-hmm. You know, just that hopelessness and exhaustion. It's like, no matter mm-hmm. how hard he tries, he can't, he just can't stop Shinra from taking everything from yeah. him. You know, whether it's his fr- his friends and family back in Dine, or whether it's his friends and family here in Sector 7, or whether it's his fucking arm, like, it just doesn't stop. And, yeah. you know, you kind of feel that in the voice actor, especially in that scene. And, you know, I, I-, I want to know what you think of this. As somebody who absolutely loves Tifa, and mm-hmm. thinks, like, her character embodiment in this game is per- near perfect, the best incarnation we've seen, you know... At a time where Barrett needed a lot of comfort, I don't think saying we did this was what the man needed to hear. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like <sighs> it's her guilt like, getting in the way. Like Tifa's such a guilty character, so I understand why she said that. But yeah. man, for somebody who's always there emotionally for Cloud, she really dropped the ball on Barrett there. Yeah, well, you know, you got to also remember, like this, her. It was her home, too, that got destroyed. You know, it's something that, like, I feel like we were seeing both Barrett and Tifa being broken here. And, like, Barrett's obviously a little bit more, you know, he kind of lets loose a little bit more, whereas Tifa's a bit more restrained in her. Like, she's obviously upset, and she's trying her best not to, like, completely crumble into pieces. She definitely is trying her best. And, yeah. yeah, it's just, yeah, I think... Yeah, the, her saying that uh, definitely, and and is also evidenced by what Barrett says to her, where he he says, uh, you know, it's like no, it doesn't matter what happened before, it's Shinra that pulled the trigger today, yeah. you know, and it's like something that's like maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe I feel like maybe Tifa was trying to, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 it's kind of hard to justify what she said, you know, because it's like maybe she was trying to like, I don't know. I think no. she she was looking for comfort because that's what she was feeling right at the end of the and like that's how she's been feeling since the right. beginning of the game. She's always felt conflicted about all of this. Um, so I think her saying that wasn't her trying to comfort Barrett, even though I made that joke. It really was her looking for comfort. From Barrett. From Barrett. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, and I mean, he doesn't really... I mean, in that moment, he doesn't really reciprocate that. Um, he just straight up says, like, you can't be thinking that way. Yeah, it's you like, know? no. It's like, I'm not... This is not gonna... Un, this is not gonna waver me. Like, this like, I'm still... You know, I'm still in it. You know, like, even, you know, even though everything that I know is, you know, at, as far as he knows at this point is completely destroyed, you know... Yeah, or, and everyone that I care, most of the people that I care about, could most likely be dead right now. Yep. No, I'm still gonna be pissed at Shinra for this. You know, well, they're the like he says, they're the ones who pulled the trigger. Um, 
There's something I wanted to bring up about this scene before we move forward. Um, so some of you might be asking, so yeah, there's Cloud. I mean, there's there's Barrett, there's Tifa. So what's Cloud doing this whole time? And he's kind of just he's doing nothing. He's kind of just standing in the nothing. standing in the back watching. And then Barrett and Tifa are having this nice moment where they're hugging and kind of just being sad together. And instead of Cloud making it that wholesome group hug moment, he's kind of just frozen. And mm. Nojima, the lead writer for for this game, uh, at least the, the lead scenario writer, he said in an interview, the reason Cloud acts that way, and some of you may know exactly what he's getting at here, but he said even though he's about 21 years old, he has the mind of a 16-year-old. He's mm-hmm. emotionally yeah, he, immature. Emotionally, yeah, emotionally 16. Yeah, he, He's emotionally immature. So, you know, think about the first time you ever dealt with death or a tragedy. You don't really know what to do. You're kind of just no. paralyzed. Yeah, and you're just kind of like, uh, this is weird. You know, and, and, and not necessarily talking about, like, you know, oh, your first goldfish dying. It's like, no, it's usually for most people, it's like a grandparent passes away yeah. or something. You know, some, you know, they're like your family member and, you know, they might be, they might have been close to you. They might have not have been, but it's still like, you know, it's still a weird thing to, to, to deal with. You know, it's, it's something that obviously everyone deals with in their own different way, as I think is shown by Barrett and Tifa's reaction of kind of being, you know, slightly different, but all altogether kind of the same. Cause Barrett does like, you know, like you said, he like embraces her and he sees that she's like trying to her best. Like she's clenching her fists. Right. And she's like, she's angry too. She's, she's trying to be like, yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, um, like, I guess you're right. And, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's definitely a, an interesting thing. And, you know, you see, you know, Tifa is still, you know, like after, cause cloud says that, uh, that Marlene's okay. And then Bart, uh, Bart, Bart, <laughs> Barrett, <laughs> Barrett starts, uh, like flipping out and be like, what you sure? Even though he technically should know, cause he saw Aerith say it before on top of the pillar. Um, and then they both walk off and then there's that, like that little scene of like Tifa again, just like looking at the rubble. And there's another moment to me that kind of just, hit me in a way of just like, cause I c- sort of, um, I kind of deal with things in that similar kind of way too. Like if I'm going through something really difficult, I try my best to be like a stone wall about it, you know? Yep. And be kind of just like, now nah, I'm just, I'm just letting this wash up against me right now. And I'm just going to move on no matter what. And, uh, you know, that was kind of another thing that kind of just like hit a little close to home for me of like, you know, like I want, I want to express how I'm feeling, but at the same time, it's like, you know, obviously, you know, I've not been trying to like take down a giant corporation or anything like that, but you know, <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things where you feel like you kind of have to soldier on either way. And, um, yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. And I think it's fitting for Tifa's character. Cause it's like, when it comes to her troubles, at least so far, it's hard for anyone else to really hear her out. You know, mm-hmm. it's she's expressed to Avalanche that this isn't her ideal way of doing things, but she gets wrapped up in it anyway. It's like she like a lot of this game deals with being stuck on the rails. Like we've been over that a million times. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the plot ghosts and the fate all come in. And when you think about it, like if anybody's being pushed against their will and stuck on these rails, it's, it's Tifa. It's Tifa. A, and that's why a it's thousand like, percent. 
exactly. So I think that that that's definitely what I felt in that in that sort of last shot that you referenced, where she's kind of staring at it herself. Yeah, um, and you you also sorry to interrupt you, but uh, real quick, just it also just kind of speaks to her character in a way because she at this point like Tifa, she's gone through a lot. You know, she's she's witnessed her town, her entire hometown being destroyed, and her her father was di- you know dying before her eyes and you know, dealing with all this crazy stuff that she has been kind of keeping within herself this entire time. And she doesn't really have that. She doesn't really have someone to go to about that. And the, I mean, the only person that would be able to do that is cloud, but obviously as we were saying, cloud is not really prepared emotionally to deal with someone like actually, you know, confiding in him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he wouldn't be, he's not equipped enough to do that. And we we kind of see that with, Cloud and uh, Biggs's like re- um, talk, their last talk together, where it's like he's trying to be, you know, and even with Jesse too, he's tr- like he's trying to be like, he's trying to like let them confide in him and kind of be like, you know, be a good person, you know, giving as Biggs would say, giving them that comfort, you know, of you know, listening to them and talking to them as they're, you know, quote unquote dying, but. uh you know, it, it's it's something that you know I am really interested to see in the in the future iterations um, of how like Tifa's arc is going to. I mean, because we know how Tifa's arc kind of goes in the in the original game, but I'm wondering, you know, now with the subtleties that they can do with like you know the acting and the you know the facial animations and stuff, how they're going to s- sort of Jesus, dude. M- there there are several scenes I keep thinking about from OG that I just <laughs> I can't even fathom what it's gonna look like in fucking like you remember the fucking shape-shifting sephiroth when you know he was yeah yeah, it's just it's gonna be nuts (laughs) it's good but speaking speaking of sephiroth i think that could serve as a good segue so you know we assure barrett we think we think marlene's there that's where we're headed towards and then we get we get one of my favorite lines from barrett uh (laughs) when he's like uh you know uh, because he's like are you sure marlene's in sector five and and Cloud's like, oh, we we hope that she's there, and he's like, please just tell me that she's there, so there's something I can hold on to, and even if you're even if you're wrong, I, I won't blame you for it, I swear. And he's like, ah, who am I kidding? I'd probably beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like that 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 moment where it's like you kind of think, oh, like they're they're getting closer together, and they are, but he's like, ah, I'm still gonna be, you know, I'd still kick your ass if you were wrong. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um... But do you remember what triggers Cloud? Cloud gets a trigger. You know what I'm saying? The uh, one yes. Of his headaches? Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think what it was. I don't. I don't know if it was anything specific. Was it some like I, I think it might have just happened. It might. It might have. It very well might have. So, Cloud. Cloud gets triggered, and Sephiroth reappears. Mm-hmm. And we finally get to have some concrete evidence that he is the only person that sees him. Yes. When he is freaking out and then Tifa looks behind her and sees Cloud. Just and bugging. technically he's just standing there freaking out and we should see Sephiroth in that frame, but he's not, which is obviously evidence that uh, only, only Cla- Cloud At least in this him. instance, Cla- this Cloud's yes. the only one who can see him. And I want to actually... Give credit to the voice. Like, a lot of voice actor credits being dished out in this episode. But mm-hmm. whoever voice acted Cloud, those, like, frightened whimpers 
That, oh man, they're so good. Woo! It makes me scared of Sephiroth, and, yeah, man. And and later on too, uh, with with the the whole Barrett situation in the Shinra Tower, like that moment, like you know, uh, it he does that same that kind of like whimpering kind of yep. like, you know, like scared but angry and confused kind of like, <sighs> you know, like it, it, he he's haunted. So fucking good. So fucking good. Yeah, very very well done. Um, yeah, I, th- get- I know Sephiroth says something along the lines of like he he does he's a little less menacing in this one compared to the others. He doesn't have those lines like you know you can't save anyone, not even yourself. This is more of a well, he- isn't this more of a suffering is going to make you stronger? And isn't that what you well, want? Yeah, he he does he does say that, but before that he says, "Oh, you failed uh, again. You yeah. failed again." I see. Yeah. Oh, it's like I failed. You failed again. I see, or something like that. And then he's like, oh, you know, through suffering, you will go stronger. Isn't that what you really want or something like that? Mm-hmm. Which is uh, such a good line. And then before that, he, I feel like he, there, like we see him in like a white void and he's just saying stuff like, uh, oh yeah, that he's an ancient. Oh my God. Yeah. We almost left that out. <laughs> oh, and my he God. says like, uh, like, uh, this, this, this planet, planet is my birthright. And then, yeah, yeah, he like Cloud sees those visions, and then Sephiroth appears in "quote unquote" the flesh. Okay. And, uh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, okay. You know, we need to. We need to because obviously me if those I'm wrong. those are flashes from Nibelheim, I think. Yeah. Now, where he has those moments where he realizes, you know, what he is and does all the. The bad things. I'm gonna ask both you and the audience to forgive my ignorance here, but isn't Sephiroth not an ancient? Uh, I don't think that he is. I think yeah. he believes that he is. Yeah, I think that's part of him losing his because, mind and succumbing to Genova. Yeah, because he is. I mean, he really is. He's a genetic. He's basically a test tube baby. That was genetically engineered to oh. be a super soldier badass. So maybe there's some ancient genes in there, or some ancient. Like, yeah, I mean, he, he's yeah. De- he was definitely pumped with Genova cells, and probably more than most other soldiers, I would assume. Um, at least that's uh, that's that was always my interpretation of it is that he was, you know, sort of like the alpha Genova child. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm feeling exactly what you're saying. And like he he was sort of like the you know he was the basis point for all the other soldiers because I'm pretty sure there weren't soldiers did not exist before Sephiroth. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure he was the first. Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure that soldiers at least rose to prominence in that war with Wutai and that Sephiroth was the one who kind of got, who made the soldiers world renowned and world famous. Right. Or at least across Midgar. Anyway, Uh, Gaia is a big planet. Yeah, it is. A, it's a pretty big place. Yeah. But, you know, it, it does a great job of just painting that image that like, like Sephiroth is here to devour this planet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He he feels an ownership to it. Yeah. And, and technically, I mean, I'm I'm just going to assume at this point, you know, all these visions of Sephiroth, especially the ones that just Cloud is seeing is not. Sephiroth. I mean, we've kind of already said before that, like, what we see of Sephiroth in this game is not actual Sephiroth. Un- until we get um, to until, the edge of creation. Uh, yeah, until the, yeah, until the end. And that is, like, that is Livestream Sephiroth from Advent Children, supposedly. Supposedly. Um, 
you know, but all these these visions that we're seeing of him throughout this game are just projections from Genova, you know. Well, it's Genova to, playing with him, right? Because like Gen- right. Genova needs him to go to the northern crater. So if she right. can haunt him with Sephiroth and make Sephiroth out to be not just like this is where the I am your everything line comes in. If you can just make mm-hmm. if you can make Sephiroth everything Cloud needs to hunt down. If you could make Sephiroth part of Cloud's mission, like the core of his mission, then that mm-hmm. means Genova will have succeeded in guiding Cloud to the Northern Crater and thus the Temple of Ancients, and we all know what starts to happen after that. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, if, um, if, you, if we think about it, I mean, that's what this projection of Sephiroth was doing from the very get-go. Yep. Because what was what was the first thing that he Run told away. Cloud when he saw him? Run away. Get the hell out of yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't deal with this shit. Go to the fucking Northern Crater and... For the reunion. Fuck- <laughs> have the reunion. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's that, that... Man, that was probably... This is probably one of my favorite um, Sephiroth uh, interactions. Just because of, like, that, you know... You, you know, through suffering, you will go strong. Isn't that what you want? Like that to me is such a good line. Me too. I agree. And it's like, it just completely resonates with cloud as a character. And it's like, you know, something that is like, Oh man, this like Genova is specifically engineering this torture for cloud. You know, it's and so it's like, fucked up when you really think about it. Like using this visage of his most hated, you know, person, out there and saying all these things that are going to those exactly the right buttons to press and to, you know and, what i mean and just to add spice not only is sephiroth cloud's most hated person but it used to be cloud's hero it used to mm-hmm. sephiroth was everything cloud wanted to be and then it's yep. like well be careful what you wish for now, never meet your heroes kids <laughs> 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 they might end up killing your whole family <laughs> and your whole entire village is that the real theme of final fantasy 7 this whole time <laughs> it's just about never meeting your heroes never meet your heroes gotcha yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I will carry that weight um, <laughs> hey that gets brought up later too yes it does one of my favorite lines in the game yeah. uh are we missing anything in between this reaction and getting to elmira's house uh, well, we do pass through Wall Market on the way there. Yeah, and you can. Did you, you talk can, to the big three? I did talk to them, and it's it. It was like this is another moment in this game where the walk from Sector Seven to Sector Five was like one of those like super immersive, like oh, this is a real place. Yeah, and like the consequences are being Felt shown everywhere. to me through like uh, like everyone talking around, everyone's like freaking out, not knowing what's going on, and. You know, you go, you know, you talk to the big three and they're just like, you know, they have varying levels of like, you know, like this is messed up. And like you go to you talk to Sam and he's like, oh, my chocobos ran away because they were scared. And, you know, uh, Andrea's just like, uh, I, I Andre- exactly what well, Andrea is actually one of my favorite lines in the game. Probably my favorite line from him in the game is he bumps into Cloud. They don't even talk about the plate. He just goes, so Cloud, did you find, what, find what you were find looking, what you're for. looking for? And Cloud was like, with your help, I did. And he's like, good. Now never let it out of your sight. Mm. Of course, yeah. talking about Tifa here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then uh, Madame M, I think she just is kind of like, well, yeah. She she's brushes it off, up. man. That woman, is, like, that woman is a stone wall. Yeah, she's like, like I think Cloud asked her, like, how are you, how are you holding up? And he's like, oh, way better than a lot of other people right now, I guess. <laughs> hey, we're still open for business. So. And I'm like, all right, all right, 
not Lulu. All right. A lot of, not, yeah, right. A lot, <laughs> lot of people need hand Foo-foo. massages in these hard times. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I know you just lost, you know, your all of your belongings in your house and everything, but you know what? Why don't you come in for a nice hand massage? A poor man's massage. <laughs> yeah. You still got to pay, you know. I've run the business here, but uh, but actually, no, one of my, uh, after you get past uh, Sector uh, 6 uh, and you go into Sector, or no, not Sector 6. Well, Market is Sector 6, right? It, well, I guess it has to be if you're passing between. Yeah. Uh, I just never call it Sector 6, so that was like kind of weird. Um, but when you get back into Sector 5, one of my favorite uh, visuals that this game ever presents is when you get into Sector 5 and the whole entire town is huddled around the giant monitor. Yeah. In, in town, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. reading it. It's like, you know, it's like there's a, you know, it was like a basically a, you know, a crazy uh, event that happened. And, you know, it's kind of the, those scenes, like if you've seen the movie, like, you know, everyone's watching the TV, everyone's huddled around the TV, kind of looking at a crazy thing going on. And it's everyone's like, you know, still kind of confused. And, you know, you're, you're running into people on the road that are like, oh, you know, but my sister is in Sector 7. Like, I hope she's OK. And there's like all this. All this stuff is just kind of like, it just, I don't know, it adds so much to the whole entire experience to me. Dude, me too. Like, one of the things we've said time and time about this game is that the world feels alive. The NPCs feel more alive and more interactive, more immersive, and more responsive to the things that are happening, right? Like, their lines of dialogue aren't the same as Chapter 3. Like, shit's changed. Mm. They're talking about different things, and you can feel Mm. it in the world around you. Yeah. And uh, it's it's something that really, you know, for a lot... A lot of parts of the game, like they don't, you know, you're kind of in it in a certain area for a while, and they're like, yeah, maybe they kind of change talking about things here or there. But it's always like after these big moments, where it really kind of resettles in of like, oh yes, like this is a this is an actual world and place where there things are happening and people are reacting to the things that are happening to it, you know, and just kind of reignites that that feeling for me of like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. like this is a place that feels really kind of lived in and seems like these people seem like real or more real to me. Well, I think, I think what helps is they just all have things they care about, like from the shop owners to the people it's like, you know, it just, everyone has something they care about, even if they're just an NPC on the side. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, it's man, it's, it really just goes to show how stuff like little attentions to detail like that can elevate uh, a, already you know very impactful thing and even something like you look up if you look up at the sky and you see the sector 7 plate is no longer there and you can see the glow of the mako yeah in in the space where the plate used to be and it's just like these little attention to detail things that just make it so much more impactful and so much more you know like i mean at this point like this is the proverbial low point of the story you know for our heroes and in the hero's adventure Right. Yeah. So it's just, and it, it does everything to sort of settle that tone in, uh, super hard, and it's uh, definitely like the standout part of this chapter for sure. For at least to me, um, you know, I know, uh, there's about there's about to be something that we're about to discuss that might be narratively more important, <laughs> um, when we do get to Elmira's house. But characteristically, and- this little window of time does wonders for our for these three characters cloud tifa and barrett 
Yeah, and it's yeah, like it's only like you know you're only walking through like maybe like five minutes tops. You know, if you're walking, you're walking from one spot to another, and it's like there's so much packed into that five minute walk that is like, you know, carries so much of uh, your enjoyment or like your experience with the game. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. Are we uh, are we ready to jump into Elmira's house? Yes. Or run into Elmira's house like Barrett does. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll never forget, you... dude. I'll never forget playing this game. Watching Barrett run on ahead. And, like, this is another example of how the game just ropes you in. And you see him sprint through the door and run, like, slam that door open. And I remember holding R2 and sprinting into the house, like, oh, my God, what the hell is he going to do? <laughs> like, oh, just, like, you can't just do this kind of shit, Barrett. I know the circumstances Barrett, you have a gun for an arm. Like, maybe you're, you're, you're a large, you're a large man with a gun arm. Maybe people might be a little intimidated by that. Maybe knock. That's all I'm saying. Just yeah, knock. <laughs> like yeah, even like song it. knocks. Like just knock. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! But yeah, then we we find out that Marlene is indeed okay, and uh, a nice uh, we get a nice little scene of. Um, you know, uh, Elmira says that, oh, she's sleeping. And then Barrett's like, all right, sweet. I'm going to go up and see her. And he, like, goes to run up the stairs. He's, he's like, I said that she's sleeping. And then he's like, uh, okay. And then he, like, slowly walks up <laughs> and creeps up the stairs. And I, that's just a nice little, you know. And it's it something like we're. It makes real people. It makes them yeah, real people. Yeah. And it's like, you know, something like, you know, we have, you know, just a few moments ago, we witnessed one of the most horrific things that this game has to show us. And, you know, we already have, like, these little moments of levity, which I think are very much needed, especially, you know, at this point, like we said, like, the proverbial proverbial low point in the story, you know, and that we could still have, like, those moments of levity, and, like, that's a little, you know, even just a little thing of, like, the look on Barrett's face when Elmira says that she's up there sleeping, and you they're, like... The relief, the shoulders go down. Yeah, you see it, you see the, the worry come off of his face... But it's still kind of there because he hasn't seen her yet. But then it w- not until we oh, go up there and, and see her love ourselves. The way, you gotta love the way Barrett described Marlene. The way yeah, he cute, described Cute her. as a button. Cute as a button and a heart of an angel. Uh, she wore <laughs> a pink dress today. He just keeps going and going. <laughs> you know, and it shows that, you know, yeah, it's like, you know, for anyone who might think that Barrett is a deadbeat dad, which he certainly is not, you know, just because he's spending a lot of time fighting Shinra, you know, he still cares about well, this little Well, his rationale, like, right? His rationale is like, hey, but if we don't do something to stop all of this, there's not going to be a world for Marlene. Right. Exactly. And that's something that, you know, it's kind of, it feeds in on itself. You know, it's like his his desire to want to eliminate Shinra and, you know, all the things that are going to negatively affect the planet, you know, come back into, like, his love for Marlene and kind of is like the whole, like, you know, that's the whole, his whole shtick as a character, right? Exactly. You know, not to, not to like, you know, bring him down to like a certain level, but like, you know, that's kind of like the, the complexity of his character is that, you know, his, you know, what his goals are aligned in a lot of ways. Well, you we know? need a, we need a good father figure in this story for Christ's sake. Like <laughs> everyone is fucking up there's, left and right. Like there's fuck. really not, I mean, Tifa's I mean, dad, I'm sure was doing a great job until yeah, he got for, struck down. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think I think the worst thing he ever did was tell Cloud not to see his daughter, and that was about it. Uh, yeah, and but even you know, still, it's just a dad being a dad. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I mean, 
I wouldn't blame them, you know, because if they if they think because I there was a whole thing like where they like Tifa and Cloud were like doing something right, and then they fell off of a cliff or something, and, and they both got hurt. Yeah, and then everyone blamed Cloud for it, and it's like Cloud, yeah. you hurt Tifa. Instead of just being like, oh, this was a crazy fucked up accident. It's like, no, you did it. Exactly. And then that, I think that is the catalyst for Cloud wanting to become a soldier, I think. Yes. Or at least that's like he, that's that that's his, uh, you know, Anakin Skywalker, I will become stronger moment, you know? Yeah. I'm a hundred percent with that comparison. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, then uh, we get. Uh, we get our really f- big deep dive into like the backstory b- behind Elmira and Aerith and uh, the circumstances in which they met each other. And uh, I love the hell out of this flashback. Me too. Um, Me too. It is. It, it And, you know, because Elmira, I mean, Elmira in the original is kind of like, you know, is another one of those characters that's kind of like whatever, you know, it's just kind of like I feel like it's just kind of there to do a thing. Uh, or to you know to, to give a purpose, but like now it kind of gives her a little bit more. Well, now you, you really know. feel for her, man. Like so, like it's easy to hate Elmira because she's super over overprotective, and she's just I don't want to say controlling, but mm-hmm. she's also very anxious, and we find out that there's a good reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, her uh, yeah her husband is fighting in the the Wu Tai War. I guess, I'm assuming that's what that would be what was going on then, right? Or would it yeah. be a different war? I, I I think it I you know I think it would be the uh, Midgar Wu Tai War because when Zack became a soldier, the war was already over, right? Right. Yes, yeah. So Zack yes, would have yes. been a kid like the same age as Aerith during all of that. Okay. Yeah. So that all right that because I was just thinking in my head, I'm like, wait a minute, does that work out time wise? Like, yeah, no, that's I'm pretty sure because I mean, really, that's the only other war that we hear about. Really, is the is the Midgar Wutai War? Uh, you know, I'm sure there are probably, of course, there have probably been many different wars throughout the histories of uh, Gaia, but you know, in terms of in related relation to this story, I feel like that's the only one we ever hear about. So I was just like, eh, I hope that's correct. Um, but yeah, we get to see, we get to see, uh, Aerith's mom and I, I'm forgetting her name. I think what it's, is... El, I think it's Elfana. Elfana. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I keep, I, I've been thinking a lot about Final Fantasy 10. Yeah, it's Elfana. I-F-A-L-N-A. Yeah, Elfana, Elfana. Right. For some reason I kept, I keep going back to Unaleska in my head for some reason, and I don't know why. Uh, I just have had FF10 on the brain lately. Um, but yeah, Falna, you know, we get to see her, you know, and it, it was like nice to see because we, you know, I do we see her in the original? I don't remember. I, well, there's definitely some flashbacks. I yes, like we see yes, her yeah. In, in flashbacks, uh, we we see her in flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't I wasn't sure that we were going to see her in this game, really. Um, cause I wasn't sure they were going to go th- do this whole flashback scene, at least not to the extent that they did it. And, uh, the way that it, it unfolds and it's like Elmira is narrating it and like, you know, uh, a uh, fallen says, you know, I'll keep, uh, take Aerith and keep her safe. And it's like Elmira saying it, but like if mouth is moving when she's saying it, like, I, I love little things like that when like someone's narrating a story, um, and you're seeing like a visual representation of it. And yeah. then we get, 
we get to I see. I also like uh, the black and white touch. Just to let yeah, you know that this was a while ago. Yeah, it's very like it was like a sepia tone kind of like um uh Wizard of Oz kind of look a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like before before they go to Oz. Um and yeah, we get we get to see a cute little kid Aerith. And she uh, is adorable. Yeah, she, you know, she and she's uh you know, she seemed very kind of like head, you know, not headstrong, but like, um, you know, like obviously she was upset like because her mom literally dies in the fucking street. <laughs> um, you know, so she's like a little messed up over that. But then, you know, she kind of bounces back right away. And then, you know, she starts it's the whole thing with uh, Elmira's husband and, you know, Aerith being like, oh, you know, there was a man who came here to say some goodbye to you. And he came a long way to say it. And, you know. Elmira, Elmira is like, oh, I didn't believe, I didn't believe her when she said it. But then, you know, a week later, I got a letter in the mail, and I'm like, man, that's like really weird and strange, and it's kind of, it's like a really powerful kind of. Well, I think scene. I think, know? and I think you and I have spoken about this, but I think what I love about the um, the Elmira Aerith parallel is that in many ways they are pretty similar. You know, Aerith's mm-hmm. Aerith's lo- love was struck down in battle too. You know, when you, yeah. when you kind of line them up that way, the both of them, they both have lost the person that they love the most, you know, and all they have is their, is, is each other, you know, mm-hmm. um, in regard, in regards to them both basically losing their lover at war, just those are the kind of things that kind of get me off a little bit. Not, not yeah. people dying, but the, the <laughs> good character parallels yeah, like that. Yeah. Cause yeah, those are, you know, it's a very strong, um, it's a very strong, like, feeling and emotion to have, you know? It's not like, oh, you know, they died of old age. It's like, no, they both died in this horrible war, you know, in, like, a horrible way. Well, it assume, explains... Presumably. It explains why know, the it, two of them could get along so well, too, you know? Because it's mm-hmm. like, they, they understand each other in a way other people can't. Yeah, like, that stuff, like, people people who bond over, like, shared trauma, you know, even though it's not like they lost the same person in the same way, but they lost someone just as equally close to them in a similar way like that can form that that can form a, a level of bond that like a lot of people will never be able to attain with certain people you know what i mean absolutely absolutely and um, it's a good it's a pretty good representation of that you know because she elmira for you know because she at this point has like seen Aerith go through all this stuff with zach and everything and she still like trusts her and still like you know She's kind of like, you know, she kind of puts up with her in a lot of ways, you know, but not in like a, oh, well, you know, she's like a huge pain in the ass. and I'm just putting up with her. But like, you know, she she respects her as a person, you know, and is like, yeah, you know, she, you know, she wanted she gave herself up to Shinra to protect this little girl, you know, and like that's something that she would do, you know, and I guess I mean, really. Also, uh, from Elmira's standpoint, it's probably not not a bad end of a deal. You know, so she still has a kid to look after, you know? Exactly. And I think what's actually, like, kind of interesting to look at is Elmira really has sort of a case of Stockholm Syndrome. Like, she's a prisoner of Shinra. Because she's taking care of Aerith, they're Shinra mm. prisoners. They're being monitored at all times. Aerith isn't yeah. allowed to walk too far off the beaten path, or Song is going to hunt her down I mean, in a yeah, helicopter. She, I mean, because when Christ we first sake. meet, yeah, when we first meet her, you know, she even says like, "Oh, Rude came by," you know, like that, like it's a normal occurrence, like you know. Yeah. I, I I would imagine Reno and Rude probably stop by their place pretty often, and you know she probably 
makes them coffee and shit, you know, it's like, yeah. Hey, you know, what's going on? Um, you know, and then, well, we, we get to see in in this flashback that, um, you know, when Sung comes by and, you know, it's explaining, uh, you know, what's going on and, you know, and trying to be like, Oh, you know, you're a descendant of the ancients. And, um, can I tell I, you? Can I tell you something about that scene that made me really happy to see this sort? It's a it's an attention to detail sort of thing. So the, I can I take a guess of what it is? You could take a guess, but you might get it wrong because it's very specific to my life experiences. But please go on. Okay, well I'll probably will. But there there's a line that Elmira says that I that I really like that when when uh, Aerith was denying that she was an ancient or something. It's like. It's like all three of us knew that that was wrong or yeah. something like that. We, that was, we all knew that was a lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, sorry, go go ahead. Well, that's a great segue because mine is actually the line that comes right after that where – or right before that where Sung like crouches down to her level and softens his tone like, but Aerith, you hear all those voices at night, like uh, those whispers mm. in your ear all the time, don't you? And – as somebody who, when I was younger, used to work with kids a lot, if a kid isn't, like, listening to you, or if a, you're having trouble communicating with a kid, crouching down to their eye level and softening your tone works almost every time. So, oh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not trying to say Song is great with kids and should be babysitting mm. your kid. He could just no. be a manipulative genius, which it seems he is. He definitely I, is. <laughs> I'm just commending square for that attention to detail and just not having Sung standing there and saying that line. It's like, okay, we're going to make the delivery really specific. And you see that throughout this whole game, that body language is so huge and their attention mm. to detail on that, especially with body language really shines in that flashback scene. Yeah. Well, we, we also, we do find out that she, um, Aerith has to go with Shinra willingly in order for whatever they are trying to do to work, I guess. Yeah. Right? And I wonder if that was still true back when she was a child. So they're not just going to be like, come here, little girl, we're going to take you and we're going to do horrible shit to you. It's like, no, we, you want to sweeten her up. And I mean, that's I mean, Stockholm that's the reason why she syndrome, was... Stockholm yep. syndrome. That's the game plan, baby. Yeah. And then it didn't work at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It absolutely did not work in their favor at all. I mean, well, technically it did because she did go back there, but it was for different circumstances. Well, what I like is that it has affected her personality. I think that's why she loves the steel sky. I think that's why Mm. she gets so nervous at the end of the game when you're leaving and it's raining and she's like, I miss the steel sky because she kind of did like that little prison. It's, It's comfy, yeah. Yeah. It it reminds reminds her of home, kind of. Well, I like that because that makes her human, especially when Mm -hmm. she's built up to be this like. You know, she's an ancient. She's built up to be the wise maiden. She's almost like, I don't want to say like an ascended human being, but in some respects, she kind of is. Kind of, yeah. It's like she, well, she, yeah, she's meant to be, yeah, she's being built up as like this, you know, she's an ancient. She's the last of her kind. And they're, they're, you know, the, the progenitors of the planet and all these things. And it's like, yeah, but then, you know, at the end of the day, she is still just a person. Exactly. You know, who is very much like, I mean, she's definitely odd and like, you know, she does not act like any other person, at least in the game. Um, and it, it kind of gives her, it's, she's kind of powerful in that way too, where she's kind of unabashedly herself in a world where people are trying to be something else. 
You yeah. know what I mean? And that th- I think that's why everyone ends up just taking such a liking to her. Yeah, because there's such a there's such a genuine. She just like exudes genuine. I I don't. I almost said genuosity, but that's definitely not a word. I think it's, it's genuity. I think it's the genuity. Word. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's just something that yeah is very much, and uh, uh, Brianna White does a very good job of bringing that over in terms of the voice acting as well. Just to, to pile on the praise that we've already been yeah. piling on this cast already. Yeah, the vo- voice acting cast getting a lot of praise here. Um, Even though, I mean, we're at this point, like, this is the last we're going to see of Aerith for a little bit. So, you know, it's like, you know. Yeah, we're nice not going little... to bring her up until the later chapters. Yeah. So this, you know, it's I, it's nice to kind of get in another extra little uh, compliment <laughs> before we not talk about her for a while. But, uh yeah, we're still we still have a lot of chapter to go here. So yeah, so I guess we'll keep it moving. Um, keep it. Uh, yeah. So then now we um, head back to sector seven to go check on yes, the bar. Yeah, to go yeah check on the bar and see if anyone needs help. And then we we find out that most of the important townspeople <laughs> have survived. Wama, uh, <laughs> Wama, you son of a bitch! Which honestly, when uh, Barrett yelled out Weimer the first time I played this game, I like fist pumped it in like in just hype. I was like, "Yeah, like, Weimer!" Yes. Well, because he was our side quest guy, and now that yeah, he's back, it's like, it's like more side quests. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the guy. Yeah, it's like when I saw him, he was like coming out of the hole or whatever, and I'm like, oh, "Wait, I remember that guy. What's his name?" And then Weimer, Weimer. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that guy." And it's funny because I feel like Weimer got like overshadowed because the moment that you meet Weimer is also the same time you meet Chadley. And <laughs> I feel like Chadley it like kind of overshadows. And Chadley not only just not Chadley not only overshadows because of the wackiness and how much his attire stands out, but like you end up loving Chadley because everything awesome you get through the game kind of goes through him. Whether it's the summons or the materia. And then when you hear this little fucking prebubescent kid say, I've developed a new materia. Materia. You're just like, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, what's, uh, yeah, we go back. Yeah, we go back through the uh, Collapse Expressway right to Sector 7. uh, Which is interesting that that was... Is this no no? Well, technically, we go back to Walmart later with Barrett and stuff too. But I like how we kind of go through this this place that we went through with Aerith, just one on one with the rest of the party now, and you kind of yeah, can point. like go through that experience again with uh, in a different context. And it doesn't, at least to me, it didn't carry the same. You know, well, I mean, it, the situation's different, I guess, and it's a little bit more dire. And like, I mean, I, me personally, like, I wanted to go back to sector seven because you, I feel like it, in the original, I think you definitely do not go back there at any point. No. Um, you know, cause there's no like characters there really. The only characters that we knew that were there is Marlene in the original. And then we know that she's safe. So it's like, ah, eh, all those, fuck all those other people. <laughs> we don't need to go back. Whatever. Fucking seventh heaven. Who cares? Yeah. yeah fuck you, Johnny. <laughs> fuck you, Johnny. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we get, um, we realize obviously that the bar is completely fucked and uh, you know, is another little sad moment. Um, I really like it- this. Cause then again, this is another thing that's human. Like where, where sometimes video games are so limited that they have to move you to a place just because the plot says so 
the, we went back to the bar because like because the characters said so because it's yeah. something they needed to see it did not really move the plot when we went to go no. see the seventh heaven bar it didn't really move the plot anywhere we went there because the characters needed to see it for yeah, their and own then, sake and and also when we were on our way to um elmira's house um i think barrett did say like hey we got to go find the others because at this point barrett still thinks that the others are alive still or could be alive so it was one of those things where i think that initially they were just like yeah we got to go back and see if everyone's okay you know because we because they didn't really stay around to to help anybody yeah i was gonna say the return to sector seven had its own motivations behind it but specifically stopping at seventh heaven on the way uh, yeah I, i thought was just a really nice touch oh yeah absolutely and then uh we find out uh, or we, we get a little, we see one of our little friends, uh, one of uh, Wedge's little friends. I don't know which cat it is. I'm going to guess Reggie. Um, I'm going to guess Reggie too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we see him and then we're like, huh, that's weird. Because last time we saw you guys was uh, right as you were all were about to be crushed. On the on underneath all the rubble of the plate coming down, and to be fair, we only ever do see one cat, so yeah. I hope those other cats are okay. I hope man. they're okay. I just realized now. I'm like, fuck yeah. We only do see one cat, don't we? We don't know what happens to the other cats, but uh, we can assume that maybe they were okay because we find out that Wedge has survived. The plate falling down. And how did he survive that, Nick? (laughs) (laughs) I know what I want to say. I know what you want to say, but just just literally tell us how he survived that. Where how how where does he end up that protects him from the falling damage? Well, we end up in a place that we're not supposed to really you see yeah, but it has been no it has been brought up to us very very early on in the game from weimer actually i believe was the person to bring it up where he was talking about hey there were rumors that shinra had a a lab underneath sector lab, seven yeah. and like oh no one knows if it's true or not or blah 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 and then yeah you go back to where wedge's house used to be and um, you see this hole that goes down to a Shinra lab. And you know it's a Shinra lab because it has a giant fucking Shinra logo. <laughs> and it looks very, you know, Shinra-esque in the way that they do. And, the, yeah, you literally turn the corner and he's chilling there, laying uh, unconscious. And it's very weird. And you're like, huh. And then just as How you're about to... How did he get here? Yeah, just as you're about to, like, start asking more questions... Uh, you, I guess you you stand out. You're standing on some grates or whatever, and then they fall through, and the and the party gets well, separated. I want to pause. I want to pause. Yes, yeah. because there's another there's another line here that puts that little lump in my throat. After Tifa assures to Barrett that that Wedge is okay, like Barrett kind of walks off to the side, looks off to the side, and you hear him just go, "Thank God!" Like just the relief. Is that is that think, after is that after the yeah, fall? Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's when they when we go back up to see. Okay, him, so I let's think. save that for that. So we fall through the floor. Yeah, and then we get um, one of my more favorite sections Yo, of the game me is too. when we get to play as Barrett, 
and uh, introducing one of my favorite mechanics of just shoot everything. Just shoot fucking <laughs> everything. As a footnote, I, I want to say I want more of this in the next game. Yes, playing I was, as other party members. I was just gonna say is like I want to be in, put in situations where you know the party is separated and you ha- you control them individually. I mean, we do meet up with Tifa pretty early on uh, in this section, but. Um, yeah, just like that moment of like, oh shit, I'm playing as Barrett. Yeah, and he's by him, he's by himself. Like that's cool <laughs> as fuck, <laughs> dude. It, it it it's something I never knew I wanted, but now I need it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so then we're making our way through. Um, we uh, we do come across Tifa fighting some bugs. I think it, there were some sort of bugs or something. Bug boo, I think they were called, or some some, bu- some shit. boogaloos, whatever they were called. Oh, oh you mean the, the fish that blow bubbles? My, yeah, no, it my was my worst um, fucking enemies. Oh yeah, oh those, yeah, those things. I I don't think it was them, but I think there was the the enemies you fight in here are like insecty type of things, and I think they were like it was something with a B. It was like a, a uh, I want to say it was like. I, I think I know I know what you're talking about. I think those were called like blue goos or something or blue yes, blue yes, goos yes. or something that like that. That sounds right to me. And I think these I think these were called something else, but I, I could be wrong. But uh people obviously you can feel free to if we get any of this stuff wrong, please correct us. And I'm sure comments. we get some things wrong. <laughs> I'm sure we do. I'm absolutely sure we do. And uh we also get a nice little tease. Um, of when we come back to this area later on, which is, I think it's an optional thing to come back here later on. Um, but we come across a door that is sealed up and has a whole bunch of like caution tape, you know, looking like something out of like the walking dead of like, Hey, don't come back here. And like, I I don't know if you, when you go through it the first time, does, do you hear growls coming from that door the first time you go there? I, I don't remember. I think so. I think you do. Yeah, and I think you just hear it the one time. But yeah, when you come back later, um, that's that's where we fight Behemoth later, or uh, Behemoth, Behemoth Type Zero, right, or something like that. Something, something. I think it's a Type Zero. Type Zero. Yeah, Type Type Zero. Um, yeah, and then when we when you come back later, like you hear him growling more and more as you get closer, and I love I love that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, I like how that's just like a nice little neat little foreshadowing thing of like you and you know potentially don't have to uh you know go back and do that but another thing i rem- and now i'm remembering about this segment is that um all the boxes that were up on the shelves how long did you try and spend to get every single one so i got it because i've got to be a- <laughs> I, I literally i did not leave the hallways until i got every single box see this is why we're good friends man we understand each other <laughs> i did it too and i was so just like bummed out that there was almost nothing in those crates. Yeah, like most of all, them, like yeah. maybe I got one or two potions. Like there was just yeah. really not a lot in there. Yeah, for for the amount of boxes that are there, I feel like we should have gotten more. I mean, obviously, I feel like a lot of them were like Mako shards or whatever, and it's like, all right, what? I don't know. Give me, and you know, obviously, I think at least for me the enjoyment was the you know just watching shit flying all over the place <laughs> as you're just you're just endlessly shooting bullets into things and uh yeah we get um i don't i don't think like when we meet up with tifa i don't think there's really oh she, <laughs> there is there's a line that tifa says um 
where uh, I think like after you meet up with her and she's like, what did you, how did you get down here? And Barrett's like, I shot my way through. <laughs> and she's like, oh, of course you did. <laughs> or or it, was some, it was something like that. But like they brought up the fact that Barrett's been navigating this, this dungeon by just shooting the hell out of everything. Uh, because of course he would, you know? Mm-hmm. He's, not, he's not a subtle guy, you know? No, he's not a scientist either. <laughs> he's, he's here to blow shit up. No, nah, he it's too subtle, too subtle for our man. Um, but yeah, then we, uh, I don't think there was any other kind of fight or anything before we get back up to Wedge, right? I don't think no, so. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I think like you fight like the dogs, I remember that, and then, yeah, you make your way back up to Wedge, and then you're the whole time you're like, where the fuck is Cloud at? Because at this point you would have kind of assumed that you would have met up with Cloud and you still haven't yet. Yep. And then it gets even more so when you go back up to Wedge and then they have that scene like you were talking about and he was okay and and Barrett goes, thank God. And then uh, the, you're about to leave and then we get uh, uh, our first visit from our friends, the... Uh, Un- unknown entities is that what they were called <laughs> I've, i forgot yes, exactly yes unknown entities yeah our uh our heartless um stand-ins <laughs> for lack of a better term because they kind of have that same like i feel like that little tendril that they have sticking out of their the back of their heads reminds me a lot yeah, of it's a similar vibe kind of like heart- the heartless like ears sh- squiggly things kind of that's like that's the the only kind of Kingdom Hearts reference I can make, so bear with me. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. No worries. Um, but yeah, I I love I love this fight. Um, one because of the music, the music uh, Infinity's End uh, during this fight is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, this was kind of correct me if I'm wrong. It was this like the first fight where you're dealing with like a large number of enemies at one time. And, like, I mean, they're kind of all jobbers, so they go down pretty quick. But, like, dealing with you're dealing with, like, 10 or 12 of these guys at, at any given time. And I feel like there's no other fight up until this point that you're doing that. No. I don't think. No, definitely not. I think not maybe, I you know, remember. maybe, like, in the beginning of, like, in the Sector 7 slums in, like, that um, that area when you first do, like, the mercenary work. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was like a, uh, a a fight where you're fighting like a couple like were rats or something at at once, but not. I don't think it was at to this level because this fight goes on for a while. It's a it's and, one of the longer ones. Yeah, and it's like you're just mowing these dudes down, and it's like a really, I feel like a really cathartic moment because this is obviously like the first like really big fight that you have after um, the plate coming down, and I feel like at least for me it was a very cathartic kind of just like all right. I get to have a battle with Barrett and Tifa against these these jobbers, and you just get to stunt on them the entire time. <laughs> and uh, and also one of my favorite favorite scenes in this entire game. I, I know I say that for like every scene, but <laughs> um, when Tifa goes up to the, like the catwalk because they they're like, oh, we gotta close the we gotta close the the grate because they're coming in through this grate in the wall. And um, the the big boy comes out, and then he like chops the the catwalk in half, and Tifa goes flying up into the air, and then Barrett catches her in one hand and throws her back up onto the catwalk, 
and it's like this big zooming like uh you know like this big um sh- like uh what what am i trying to say like a revolving shot of like it's all one smooth motion and like when i saw that happen when i first time i got I was like yeah fuck yeah this i want to <laughs> see this shit i want to see like team more attacks and shit. team attacks and not even and that wasn't even an attack but just like them interacting like I would, I would love for like that to happen, and then for them afterwards to be like, we should turn that into a move, where like I toss you in the air, and then you do like a super dive kick into the ground or something. That would be super dope. But uh, yeah, this uh, this also was like one of the first fights that had a lot of like cutscenes mid fight as well. Like there were there wasn't a lot of uh, a lot of those in this game really that I can think of. Yeah, no, this one had like multiple. I was gonna say, yeah, they're pretty specific to this fight. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so we just keep beating on these things, and then as we finish off the big dude, uh, I feel like the big dude had a a different name. Was it? Oh no, I think. uh, Was it something experiment? Maybe failed experiment. Failed experiment sounds... sounds familiar. That sounds right, which is pretty apt because uh, as we defeat the fa- the giant failed experiment, uh, Cloud comes in to do the final hit, uh, which, you know, of course uh, he would because he wouldn't pass up a big moment to do a big uh, a big guy kill. Um, and then uh, the, the big guy falls up against the wall and we see, oh, there's like a little crack behind this wall here and... Barrett shoots it open well, and they look in one there. One second, once I gotta stop you. Mm-hmm. Because one of my favorite parts is when Cloud comes back, and I think Barrett or Tifa asks him the same question of, Well, how are you able to find us? How'd you track us down? And he goes, Oh, it's easy. I just followed the bullet holes. Only, <laughs> only one guy I know only <laughs> That's one right. Yeah, That's right. It's like only one guy I know would make that kind of mess. And then Barrett kind of mm. just laughs it off. And that <laughs> was one of those moments where just like, oh, they're friends uh. now. Like, uh, yeah, you guys are buddies They're now. They're buddies Straight now, up. yeah. <laughs> straight up. Like, you guys aren't, you guys aren't uh, co-workers anymore. You are straight up buddies. Exactly. <laughs> but then we make our uh, way through that little crevice. Yeah, and we get a little, we don't need, we just take a little peek inside and we see a whole bunch of these. Humans! Like, like uh, test, well, not test tubes because they're huge, but. Big you know, these, test like, tubes! <laughs> the giant uh, containment tubes. That have people <laughs> in them. Like, straight up just, like, you see people oh in them. Oh my god, something clicked. Oh, oh. So, you recall when Cloud sees uh, one of the people. Himself? Pe- yeah, he see- so he sees somebody in those tubes. And then he sees mm-hmm. himself in those tubes as he's mm-hmm. kind of just, like, sitting down disoriented. And if you remember, that's the same exact position as when he fell through the church in Chapter 8. It's the ah. same position. And then when he has that second cloud come and talk to him, maybe that was just a replay of Zack getting him out of the test tube. When he's saying, mm. like, all right, just start moving one thing at a time, cloud. You know, don't rush. Move one thing. Let's get you moving. Maybe. Oh. Yeah. Suddenly that Ooh. just hit. Yeah. <laughs> juicy. Yeah. <laughs> Very juicy. Um, yeah. Wow. Shit. Um that kind of just threw me for a loop there because I didn't even think about that. Yeah, no, this just hit me in the moment. So because I I was always um, I was always sidetracked by 
apparently, because we I've not played Dirge of Cerberus, you've not played Dirge of Cerberus, but apparently you go back to this lab in Dirge of Cerberus, and there's some stuff that happens in that lab that, and they, because the plot ghosts come, like, before you can actually go in there and actually check things out, the plot ghosts come, and then no, literally, no, 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 no. they're like, no, 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 we're gonna literally carry you all the way out to the entrance, we're gonna, we're not even gonna push you away, we're gonna take you out back onto the, back onto the surface. Yeah, they um, weren't even fucking around, they're like, okay, you cannot <laughs> see this. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, like, yeah, that happens, and then everyone's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Tifa picks up a cat <laughs> and it's like, all right, well, I guess we'll just continue on. I do. I do like though, when, um, when you, when you're starting to walk away and then Tifa picks up, uh, Wedge's cat and the cat meows at, at cloud and he goes, good kitty. In, in, in contrast to him before being like afraid of the cats or not, not afraid just of, bothered. but he just, yeah, he's like, ah, you know, cause he cloud it's weird because cloud doesn't seem like a cat guy, but he is, he, he might he has, as well be a cat. He has traits of a cat. Yes, exactly. He's not a pack animal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, then we get um, probably probably like the one of the shining moments of this entire chapter, and it's like right at the end um, when they're all just kind of, uh, you know, Barrett has like Wedge slumped over his shoulder, and, you know, they, you know, he starts talking about, oh, we need to find the others. And then, you know, Cloud's, you know, and Cloud and Tifa are like, you know, we saw them at the pillar and uh, they didn't look good. You know, they, they didn't look. Yeah, it's you know, not and looking it's, good, and, Chief. And it's funny because, like, I, before, you know, the things that we learn at the end of the game, I just interpreted them as, like, they, they died in those moments when after the, after the cutscene was done, you know? Like when, you know, when you go to Jesse and, you know, she gives you the final fist bump. I just assumed that she died in that moment. I always, I always assumed Jesse was dead. I feel like it was very clear Jesse was dead. I think yeah. Biggs had wiggle room. Yeah. Oh, well, as we see later, as he definitely see. had. He definitely <laughs> did have some wiggle room. Um, or someone wiggled the room for him. Um. <laughs> as we would hope, to, hope would be the case. Yeah. And, and by the way... Um, I, this, between, like, this, um, and I'm so upset that this track is not on the official soundtrack, but the, the song that plays during this scene, um, is, it's kind of like a, like, sad version of the Avalanche theme. Yes. It's like a, like a yes. piano version. Yes. It's so And you, good. you, you hear it again later when you're climbing up the wall, um, to, to get up to, um, to Shinra headquarters. Um, it's just, it's so good. Like, I love the Avalanche theme in this game and uh just hearing like those the you know dun 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 and I'm like ah oh, come on guys <laughs> like on top of all that you gotta do all that stuff and then um yeah so you know he's you know they're having this talk and then Tifa says you know they uh they return to the planet. Love this part and and then Barrett goes they were supposed to return to us. And that is a and fucking like, amazing, so fucking on the money, that line. I, can't, I can't even begin, because like, here's the thing. I love the idea that, you know, in this universe, death is seen as returning to the planet. It's, it's such a comforting thought. Like when I think of the people I've lost in my life, and if I put it within the framework of they return to the planet, it, it, it's such, 
it's such a healthy way to look yeah, at it. Yeah, it. it's, it's a lot better to, you know, so at least you have, like, some idea of, like, you know that, like, oh. They're, they're in a good they're, place. They've know? returned to the live stream. It's like, you know, it's unlike, you know, in our reality where it's like we don't know what happens after you die. Exactly. You know, where it's like in this world, like, you have, there. there's more comfort there in knowing that they went somewhere, right? And it's somewhere we don't know. We're just assuming that the live stream is a good place to be in, I guess. And um, let me, I just want, I just, the the reason why I love this line so much is because, like, nobody has more rhetoric about the planet than Barrett. So if anybody mm -hmm. could swallow that pill of they've returned to the planet, it's Barrett. But this man, in his rebellious fashion, was like, no, like, not no, They were, su not they were good supposed enough. to come home to us. Exactly. Yeah. Not good enough. It was my job to get them home. They were, they, this was my crew. It's just, it's so perfect because where that answer of returning to the planet works for so many people in the story, it just doesn't work for Barrett. Yeah, he's but not I'm, wired that way. Yeah, but I mean, he does kind of come around when he does, you know, he does say, you know, like, well, you know, but if we stop, you know, they're never going to let us Put live it down. it down. Yeah. So exactly. like, it's like he does kind of accept it and is like, he, he has that moment of like regret of like, they should have returned to us, but then he kind of has a moment. And I like how, I like how this game is not afraid to like slow things down and have like, let these characters like be characters and like emote and like, I think that's one know, of the things this game did brilliantly. Right. Right. It's just like one of those things where it's like, you feel that, emotional weight because like they're just like you could see it in their face and like the like a like a withdrawn kind of sigh of like you know just yeah you know it's like they were supposed to return to us but but we can't stop you know the exact yep they never let us cause, it down and then they say our favorite uh, line from cowboy bebop <laughs> uh he says uh, so we carry that weight so we carry that weight as he's carrying and wedge as which as he's carrying wedge which i thought was a really cheeky kind of like you know oh uh, yeah of course you know it's like a little tongue in cheek kind of thing but uh yeah that is and that's just straight up the end of the chapter right there and, and then they what they a way walk to end off it. and yeah, um, shit, dude. Like this, this chapter. Like I said, this is this is Barrett's ch chapter for sure. One hundred percent. It begins and ends with him at the end. Of the I mean, yeah. it doesn't technically begin with him. You're Cloud and Tifa, but the first like big scene in the chapter is him having yeah. his emotional meltdown. And I like that when you think about it as like a full circle. You start the chapter and he's just broken. He's desperate. He's emotional. And we end this chapter. He's got wedge over his shoulder, and he's like. Well, we're going to carry that weight. Yeah, it's like he still has his, he still, he like, he gets back his resolve. He got his groove. You know? How Barrett got his groove back. Yeah, from, you know, starting at the, at the beginning of the chapter with him thinking that everything and everyone he knows, aside from Tifa and Cloud, are dead, uh, which is mostly true. But then ended up being like, oh, Marlene, not only is Marlene safe, we found Wedge, but we don't have... And Wama! Jesse. <laughs> and Wama. <laughs> <laughs> You son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> I guess I have one but, more footnote for the chapter. Uh, sure. Another Barrett moment, actually, when we're making our way to Sector 7 and there's a woman trapped under this, like, block of concrete and everybody works together to lift the concrete and Tifa, pull, mm -hmm. Tifa and Marl pull her out. And then I just love Barrett pats one of the dudes on the back and goes, great job, guys. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, something where it's, like, 
you know, when you see like Cloud and and Barrett, like you know, like these do. I mean, Cloud's obviously not like a huge muscle guy like uh, Barrett is, but he's obviously super strong. And it's like you know, he could have you know, I feel like Barrett maybe could have been able to lift that piece of uh, rubble on his own, but still like goes out of his way to be like, yeah, thank you, randos, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, normal people. Because, like, you know, that's that's just the kind of guy Barrett is. It's like, yeah, we might be exceptional or whatever or extraordinary, but, you know, there's, there's the ordinary people are the one that are, are the people that are keeping the shit going, you know? And they're just as important as as they are, you know? Exactly. And that's it's an example of what he's fighting for. Exactly, you know? And it's... Man, like, yeah, this... I, they, they should just call this chapter... Like, if they, if they had... Uh, Named like the chapters after specific characters, this would have been the Barrett chapter. This is without question the Barrett chapter. Like, I would have loved to have this chapter open up with Barrett unconscious and the, the camera pans over to him and then his eyes open up and then black screen, white text. <laughs> chapter chapter 13, Barrett Wallace. Bar- <laughs> that, that would have been dope. That would have been um, dope. <laughs> that's, that's my own headcanon. Uh, from now on, but uh, yeah, I think um, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm good to uh, wrap it up here. Yeah, I think I think we pretty much covered everything. I mean, this I mean, man, this chapter is. Oh, I mean, we're starting to now we're starting to get into the end game now, boys. Yeah, these um, that, these chapter breakdowns are about to start getting longer just from the amount of story content we need to fluff out. Yeah, and um, uh, the the next. Is the next chapter the sewers? No, no, no. Chapter 14 is, uh, like, chapter 14 is when we get to explore all of Midgar at once. Mm, it's got the nine yes. side quests. You do the right. thing with Leslie. You do go into the sewers with Leslie, but there's a, yeah. there's a lot going on in chapter 14. There's, there's other stuff going on. Okay, because I was like, man, I really am not excited to talk about the sewers again. <laughs> Even though there there's, you know, the whole entire Leslie arc pra- practically takes place down there, but, uh. You know, there there's more stuff to talk about, but that that'll probably be uh, probably be the lightest chapter out of all the next ones to come. Because, oh, yeah. like I said, we're getting we're getting to the big shit now. Getting to the big yeah, boy once games we hit, now. Once we hit fifteen, things get crazy. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, we have uh, you know as we mentioned before, we have other uh, episodes kind of planned. Inter, interspersed throughout the chapter Whoa. breakdown, so we do have other stuff, and we've had we've gotten some suggestions from uh, you lovely listeners about some stuff that you would like to see, and uh, we will definitely be taking. If you have any other yeah, um, uh, suggestions or anything that you guys would like to have us talk about, let us know yeah, uh, on Instagram. And just real quick, because I feel like I didn't bring it up last time, but we do have a Twitter account now. Uh, for anyone who has a Twitter and, and made you know, it we're to not... the end of the episode <laughs> <laughs> and made it to the end of the episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, as far as it is, uh, as it is now, we're just kind of using it as a, you know, we're just posting, like we're making the Instagram posts that we have on Instagram, pretty much the same on Twitter. But, you know, if you want to follow us on there and that's also another way you can get in contact with us individually as well. Um, yeah. And I think. I think that's pretty much it. I think it's a good time to wrap it up. We got nothing but love for you all. Another yes, thank you. Thank you again, everybody, from just from our listeners to our supporters and the Mosey gang and everyone else in between. Thank you so much. It means 
so much to us. I can't, I could literally, we could talk a whole other hour about how much it means to me, but I will spare you <laughs> and Nick that. So, um, I think, I think it's time, uh, if you would like to give us the countdown, Count us down, so. let's do it. Three, two, two, one, one. Let's mosey. <laughs>